Hello, friends, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm Joe Webb. And I'm Brandon Wood, and this is a podcast for spiritual exiles, all of us who are looking for faith beyond the confines of institutional religion. We really appreciate you joining us for this episode. This is episode number 41. It is the 16th episode of season two, and this is our first official Accidental Tomatoes Pride Month episode. So during June of 2021, when we're releasing um, this this series of podcasts, we are um, we're trying to uh, give some space and some voice to folks in the LGBTQ community. And so our guest for this episode is Isaac Simmons. Isaac is someone uh, you may have heard of. He, he's been in the news a little bit recently for uh, something really interesting that he's been doing that we're going to talk about. Um, he has a, a drag persona, a drag character that he has been using in his ministry context in Illinois, where he's located. And so we're going to get into all of the details of that. But I'm really thrilled um, that Isaac could be our first Pride Month guest here at Accidental Tomatoes. So please give a warm welcome to Isaac Simmons. And so now, as I'm entering into ministry, entering into this time of discerning, trying to figure out what this means, where is my place in the world, I just sit with the idea that I am called to create spaces where people can just exist, regardless of their bodies, regardless of their identities, regardless of their immigration status, their mental health. They can just come and exist and feel supported. Welcome to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. And Brandon and I are really excited today to have Isaac Simmons with us. Isaac, you've got such an amazing story to tell uh, and to share with our our audience. Uh, So I'm just going to let you kind of just give us an introduction. Who who is Isaac? Where are you? What do you do? do? Um, Yeah. yeah, Oh my gosh. I am in the middle of Bloomington, Illinois, uh, Central (laughs) Illinois. Um, I am the first openly queer candidate for ordi- certified candidate for ordination within my conference of the UMC, um, and quite possibly the first drag queen to get this certification in the entire world. You've uh, already piqued everyone's yeah. interest, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> drag queen ministry, like it's it's all a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm 23 years young and <laughs> just wow. writing it all out. Yeah. It's taking it one day at a time. That's, That's amazing. Terrific. I, you know, I went through the candidacy process, Joe. Obviously, you know, you're ordained, but um, I, I have so many questions just <laughs> on that. <laughs> yes. Oh my Are, gosh. Yes. There's there's nothing cumbersome about the United Methodist system. I don't know what y'all. Are no. Oh my no. god. I like to say we Methodists love our methods. And yes, we is. do. <laughs> you know, on the one hand, like we should have the most well vetted. Like clergy across denomination because our system is so like just burdensome to get through. (laughs) But you know, they're like you know to to defend our denomination. Like there are reasons why it is what it is, but there are also some place for a reason. Yeah, there are there are some relics though within our within our methods um, that that might Uh be due 
for um for a little bit of change but <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah so um so isaac you, you and i were introduced by our mutual friend chet pritchett who a yes. uh, friend of the podcast was a guest here a few episodes ago and um so your name's been in the paper right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a little a little all over the place from the like super progressive christian blogosphere to the highly traditionalist Ben Shapiro space, like wow. all of that. Yeah. 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 And we'll, and we'll get into some of that a little bit, but, but, you know, I mean, the fact that you are the first openly queer certified candidate in your um, conference, I mean that, so folks um, that, that don't come from United Methodist world, let's give them a little bit of information on why just that yeah. part before we even get into the, the fun drag yeah. queen yeah. stuff yeah, like <laughs> yeah. why why is that even significant yeah so currently the united methodist church is undergoing this major split divorce type deal over the issue of lgbt acceptance um currently our doctrine says that a self uh, self-acclaimed practicing homosexual is incompatible with the teachings of jesus christ um, and because of that, uh, openly queer folks are not allowed to be married, not allowed to seek ordination. Um, and yet there is also this like huge push and almost an uprising within the UMC, this holy uprising of pushback um, to say that all, all bodies, all identities are holy. Um, and so there's tension there, um, but that is why for so long, my conference has not um, certified candidates and not ordained openly queer candidates. Right, right. So certified candidacy, that is sort of like the first official step toward ordination. So in our system, just for some background for folks, you become a certified candidate. Um, you, you, um, you go through some mentoring that goes along with that. There's, there's some... There's a little bit of paperwork that has to be filled out. A, yes, a little psych bit. Evals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then, uh, and then at some point you're approved for what we call provisional mm -hmm. membership, um, which means that it's the next to last step before ordination. So you basically sort of become certified and licensed. Um, usually at that point you uh, are leading a congregation in some way. Um, and then the final step is like full ordination, right? So as a certified candidate, like because of the way our rules have been written, you know, traditionally, um, you know, folks from the LGBTQ community were not even allowed to be certified. Um, and so I, I think it's a big deal and I really congratulate yeah, you. And, and it's going to yeah, take true. such a ton of perseverance, right? To yes. even yeah. kind of push into that. Um, and, and then you, there's this drag persona that, that you have that kind of intersects <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. with that. Um, so with all of that, could just kind of describe for us a little bit, like how I, I get, I get really, um, antsy about using too churchy a language uh, on yeah, a podcast absolutely. that's mostly for folks who are <laughs> experiencing deconstruction because like the language can be As someone who sometimes. didn't grow up in the church i oh my gosh i so yeah, value that <laughs> yeah. but th there is like wh when you when you feel drawn to be in you know ordained ministry for a vocation of of ministry you know we we have a term for that we call it a call to ministry i don't know that there's better language for that i wish there was like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. divine whispers in your ear and says this is really <laughs> kind of yeah. i don't i don't know but you know how how 
especially in our environment, like, um, how does your call fit into, you know, your, your, your identity, um, as a queer man and also with this, the drag persona, um, that we're going to get into a little more. My, uh, call actually goes back to like, um, my first time being in church. So I did, like I said, I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't start going to church until my first boyfriend invited me. Um, and, um, uh, on the very first day of that church, after listening to a sermon, worshiping everything, the pastor came up to me and was like, listen, I don't know who you are or why you're here. And I was like, oh my God, day one, oh, no. I'm going to get out of this church. <laughs> and he said, but you right here right now is enough. And this is all you will ever have to be. Wow. Um, and it was like this, <laughs> without like a better way to describe it, this like God moment where mm. I was like, oh my God, I can just exist mm. in this place. Um, and at the time I was losing family members from coming out as gay. Um, and so to have this church that was becoming uh, as almost like a pseudo family, this new chosen family. Um, it was just incredibly powerful. Uh, and so now as I'm entering into ministry, entering into this, this time of discerning, w- trying to figure out what this means, where's my place in the world? Um, I, I, I just sit with the idea that I am called to create spaces where people can just exist, regardless of their bodies, regardless of their identities, regardless of their immigration status, their their mental health. Um, they can just come and exist and feel supported. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. This is the awkward part where Brandon yeah. and I try to decide who's going to ask the next question. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Isaac, when I when I hear that, like, and I don't want to dive too too much into it, you know, because we obviously want to get in a different direction. But um, without outing that church, was that church like when they found out your background, were they still accepting, or was was that a was that a shift, or like did that mess up or make you question the call? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, yes. Okay. Um, so that was a non denominational church. Um, and the, I had, I had this ongoing relationship with the pastor where like I would sit and have coffee and talk about theology because I'm a huge nerd and have so many questions (laughs) and want all the answers. Um, and I was open from the very first day that I went in there, but when it came time, when I was discerning this, whether or not I was going to be becoming at that time a non-denominational pastor. (laughs) Um, He had told me that, you know, I could come and sit in the pews, but there would be, Mm. there's there's no volunteering, there's no serving that I could do. I could just come and exist. And so there was definitely a roadblock there. Um, And at the time uh, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I believe that. If I believe that that is the the theological understanding that I believe God has built this church to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I didn't internalize that. Um, I just added it to the list of things that I wanted to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) That seems like such a weird tension. And and I know like it's, it's not dissimilar in the United Methodist church either, where, you know, we have this message of open, and well, you know, open hearts, open minds, open doors, 
and yet (laughs) only open to, you know, like the lobby (laughs) or, you know, right. Or, or maybe to the sanctuary, but not to the pulpit, you know? And yeah, so that always seems to me like, I don't understand how you can hold that tension and say, we, uh-huh. we welcome you fully as a member, <laughs> but you cannot express yourself fully, you know, in, in what you believe God's calling you to do. Yeah. Yes. When <laughs> I like to say um, that when you do not accept the whole of a person, there is a hole in that person. Mm. Um, and that like, to me, as a faith leader, I, I, it is hard for me to wrap my head around uh, creating holes in people, um, whether it's um, like a spiritualness or just like, just like not accepting a whole identity. Um, yeah. 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 Did you go through any deconstruction as part, you know, like that we use these words, deconstruction, reconstruction. Did you have to go through that before you got to the place where you are now? Um, a little bit, but not a lot. It was kind of just all like grabbing all the building blocks <laughs> and being like, what do I like? What do I, what is yeah, this? What, yeah. what is sound? What, uh, what has the best understanding? Um, because I didn't have. I wasn't churched. I did not know the lingo. I could not tell you at that time, like the order of the Bible, um, name off the gospels, couldn't do it. Um, (laughs) And so everything was just open. Um, And so I took that as an opportunity to just read and to talk to folks of different backgrounds and um, kind of collect their stories and see where mine intertwines with theirs. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So what, what finally, you know, moved you towards United Methodist denomination? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I had been, I had broken up with that boyfriend um, and I had been church shopping for about two years in Bloomington um, and just never really found a church that um, really jived um, with my vibes <laughs> as the cool kids say nowadays. Um, but um I was at Bloomington's first ever Pride Fest, and it was my first ever drag show that I had ever been to. Um, and over the intercom, the announcer was like, security provided by the pastors at Hope Church. And in that moment, I was like, oh, crap. Now I have to go to that church and support them because oh. they're here supporting me. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed up, and it was, I have never felt more welcome. Um, more affirmed uh, and like because the the church that uh, Hope Church, uh, the church that I now work at (laughs) is a place that um, not only affirms all people but celebrates them and empowers them to go out into the community and serve. Um, So it's a very community centered um, and community focused church which I absolutely, absolutely love. on a side note, the pastor that was there is like barely five foot tall, and I don't know how much security she could have done. <laughs> <laughs> but but I love the idea. <laughs> That's, fantastic. That's fantastic. So I know people are probably itching, like saying, "When when are they going to get to the interesting part?" Yeah, <laughs> right? so, That's I mean, I, I find this all really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, yes. but 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 the thing that's mostly kind of gotten you in into the headlines lately mm-hmm. is 
um, is this drag character that yeah. you've created. And I don't want, like, I, I really want to let you tell that story. So I don't want to preview it too much. So tell us, <laughs> tell us about that. <laughs> yes. So I have been doing drag for about a year and a half-ish now. Um, so still very recent to this whole drag life. Um, but about 24 hours after my certification, um, back in, let's see, it's about two months ago, um, about 24 hours after that vote went through where I was approved, um, certified, uh, conservative leaders of the church started going through um, all of my social media and found a video of me praying the rosary in full drag. Um, nice. Because the rosary, because I have, I am an extremely spiritual person in the sense that um, prayer is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> uh, and the rosary is one of my, uh, my spiritual outlets. Um, and so is drag. And so I was like, why not just teach some folks how to pray while in drag, see how this goes. Um, when I did that, uh, when I had made the video, it had like maybe a hundred views on it. But after it started getting shared, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, and so that's really what uh, kind of catapulted my being <laughs> into uh, the public sphere. Um, pretty soon, the Institute of Religion and Democracy came out with a few uh, articles on me and then like local branches of NPR um, and Sojourners Magazine, uh, all different people um, started commenting and yeah, wanting to share my message. So tell us about your, your drag character. Mm. Yes, I am Miss Pentecost, um, who is this 1960s church lady, the embodiment <laughs> of this like 1960s over the top, awesome. loud, boisterous, bless your heart, kind of Southern like <laughs> perfection. Uh, um, and the reason why that is, is because um, I have done this research on uh, Mikhail Bakhtin, who's this old philosopher from Russia, and he had this idea that the best way to, to do sustained change is through laughter and joy. Mm. And it's through the inversion of systems and the reclamation of the symbols and languages. Um, and so for me, what is more symbolic of the United Methodist Church than this 1960s lady uh, who bakes and prays and does all that? Um, so that's where... Um, the overall character came from my name, uh, Pentecost is a pun, <laughs> a pun on Pentecost because, yeah, 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 you said don't get into that or get no, into no, that. No, I didn't put two and two together. Joe, oh, did you, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. catch that? Yeah. So it's the idea of Pentecost, this idea of the Holy Spirit coming down upon these people in tongues of fire. So yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of men who are literally flaming. Um, I grew up in a house, so I know, I know all about it. Empowered <laughs> by the Holy Spirit to speak in new ways to new people. Um, and the Spirit gives them this ability to spread the gospel, spread the message. Um, and for me, drag is my language, my new language, my new way of speaking um, to reach new folks who have been told that they are unreachable. 
um, by the church in the past. Mm, so that is it. where Penny it. was born. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. One of the things that um, when you and I were kind of corresponding to, to yeah. set this all up, um, one of the things you said to me was that um, your drag is, and you mentioned this um, just yeah. a, little, a, a minute ago, that your your drag is rooted in um, reclamation and liberation yes. of religious language within queer yeah. spaces. So tell us a little bit about what you mean yeah. by reclamation and liberation of <laughs> religious language. Yes, absolutely. So um, in as many folks know, queer folks have been traumatized by religions, have been beaten, have been literally killed. Um, and so there is a lot of tension around this, this seeming du- this uh, dichotomy that um, religious people cannot be queer people and queer people cannot be religious people. Um, and with that, queer folks cannot use religious language and and vice versa and all that. And so for me, I am this hyperbole of being um, (laughs) that comes into spaces and brings them closer together in a way that um, allows the space for people to to reimagine their understandings, to, to start thinking about how they too, like you too are loved by God you two are loved and fully divine um, and made in the image of God. Um, and so the, the reclamation of this, lang- of this religious language allows for folks to start seeing the reflection of themselves within the system. Um, and through that, are, uh, there's the, the liberation that occurs with that, that um, they're no longer confined to one space, but allowed to be fully themselves in all spaces. Wow. That's beautiful. Sorry to interrupt the conversation, but I wanted to take just a minute to thank some of the folks that help us make the Accidental Tomatoes podcast happen through our Patreon giving platform. For as little as $2 a month, you can be part of a growing group of people who are committed to helping create and curate all the great content for the Accidental Tomatoes community. We're grateful for the contributions of all of our patrons, and I'd like to recognize our master gardener-level contributors, Jen and Harry Morgan, and Kevin and Heather Malcolm. To learn more about how you can support this podcast and the community we're creating, just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes. You can also support our work by simply leaving us a rating and review on your favorite streaming app. That helps other folks find our community and participate in the conversation. And now back to the podcast what um what's what's been like the 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 feedback or the um i mean how are you helping people in in that in that space like the positive side of it are people accepting it are people coming to you and you know finding Mm -hmm. religion through this how's that going absolutely well when i first got into drag i kind of and all of my friends definitely thought this was going to be like a one-time shindig because <laughs> everyone was like no one's gonna like this 1960s church lady it's gonna they're gonna be like oh yeah do your thing whatever you're no thank you um but actually, save it up for the church talent show. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> show up to the council meeting oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, oh that needs to be a youtube potluck. video that needs to be a youtube video you go to a <laughs> Uh, a council meeting that is very, very conservative. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, show up with my little 
13 and a half by 11 of <laughs> casserole. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For non-Methodists oh. out there, like, the, the mental imagery for us is so strong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we all know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. There's no raisins in this potato salad, so <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> um, yes. Ah, church jokes. Um, uh. But no, there is this reception because people are yearning to be seen by the church, um, to be seen by um, these institutions that have abandoned them. Um, and they have, I, we as humans have this innately um, connectional, another Methodist word, uh, this innately um, like desire to, to dwell with people and to talk to people. And as a drag queen, um, I tend to be more approachable than like a collared minister in a gay bar. (laughs) No, that's so true. Yeah. 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 And so I have had, oh my God, I cannot even tell tell you the amount of conversations that I've had um, when in full drag that either people in full tears by the end of it Mm. um, or just simple thank yous uh, for existing because yeah, it's, and like that is that, those moments where um, people, it's not, some church leaders have called me the drag evangelist <laughs> and I'm like, uncomfortable with that yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. a lot of tension around that word. Yeah. No. Um, but I, like when I talk to folks, my goal is not to not to convert anyone, um, but to simply provide them with the tools for seeing new ways of love. Um, and that's kind of what I do. And so when someone kind of picks up that toolbox <laughs> mm-hmm. of love and deconstruction and acceptance and begins that process, it's just incredible to me. There's something so powerful, I think, about like creating a space where people can trust you. Right. You know, and I, um, another uncomfortable term that that I kind of encountered a while back, this, this idea of barstool evangelism, but it's a real thing. Like I found out and and I started a, a a pub theology, you know, group out of this was if I go to my local brew pub and, and sit and have my lunch and have a beer while I'm having lunch and strike up conversations with, people who sit around me or with the staff or whoever, it's amazing what they'll trust you with by the simple fact of appearing to not be a religious or not appearing to be a religious like persona. Right. Um, And like God and the spirit works in the mundane and like, like there is the most freedom for work to happen in the day to day. Yeah. And And then if you can, yeah. Yeah. And then if in the middle of that, if you can also release that agenda, that the church has so often had that, that recruitment agenda. Right. And just say like that, I'm, I'm not about any of that. I just want, I just want you to be heard. And so I'm trying to create a space where you can do that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cause there's something holy about that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I also like to say that we all have these like untold stories that we're just waiting for someone to ask about. Mm. Um, or um, connect with, and we're just yearning for that moment. Um, And to be able to kind of um, 
go to their library <laughs> and check out that book for a moment. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So, um, you know, I, I really want to, you know, really focus on the positive aspects, but I think we'd also like, we don't want to, I don't guess sugarcoat the, like you've had some pretty negative feedback. You've had, um, some, some pretty hurtful things said, uh, and done. Um, but what, as I've been kind of reading, um, you know, some of the articles and as we've become like, you know, Facebook friends, right. So I can kind of troll, (laughs) troll on your life a little bit. Uh You guys are, um, you're Facebook official. Yeah, I, that's I, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, in a year we're gonna have our friend anniversary in one. Oh, that's so exciting! I can't yeah. wait. Uh, <laughs> I got the friend anniversary notice for my daughter, like my twenty-three-year-old daughter. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we need for the Patreon? We need uh, Miss Pentecost to do uh, something for oh, the Patreon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. Absolutely. That'd be oh. great. Maybe maybe, oh, maybe the friend anniversary. So we yeah. could we could really push that. But but what you've, you know, one of the things that I find really powerful is how you've taken some of that negative stuff that's been directed toward you. And again, to kind of use that, that redemptive language, right? You've been able to use that to kind of turn it around um, to help other people like, you know, galvanize their own faith experience rather than it just being this, you know, thing that's, that you're going to let tear you apart. So how do you, yeah. I guess... How, how, first of all, how do you find the strength, I guess, and the courage to do that? And then like, how do you, how do you turn that around without also, I guess there's probably a fine line, like to not re-traumatize other folks who are coming out of trauma. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, to answer the first question of how do I find the strength? Sometimes I do not. (laughs) Fair, Um, fair. but, But I also have like a kick butt therapist that I can go and just like, like I pay her to just vent to. (laughs) And it's wonderful. Everyone should have a therapist in their life. Um, And I also have mentors that are there fighting alongside me, fighting ahead of me, um, and also just willing to sit with me and cry with me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, But also I, one of the reasons why I fell in love with Methodism is because of the understanding of grace um, and this idea that there is there is nothing in this world that can completely separate you from the divine, hmm. um, and that the Holy One uh, is fully present with us and working in our lives. And because of that, I I have to believe that there is no one in this world who is fully evil, fully um, acting out of badness. They're just acting out of a bad history, Mm. of a bad education, bad theology um, that they have inherited into their lives. And I am, as a cis white man, have so much privilege and have so much privilege to be able to be welcome quote unquote, welcomed into conversations with folks um, that other people may not be. Mm. Um, And so I see it as a duty, um, uh, a duty to society, but also like a a divine duty to act in the state of grace in order to help change change the systems and change the, bad history of people 
Mm. Um, and so when theologians uh, lash out against me, um, I want to speak truth to the fact that like, yes, I have received death threats. My pastors have received death threats. Everyone in my church has been threatened. Um, they say they want to drag us from the pulpit. Um, but in that, there is also, so that is truth. A, a truth is that there are threats of harm coming due to the, um, the reporting and theological harm that's being perpetuated. But there is also a truth in that there is a chance for learning, a chance for change. And I hope in my responses that I can plant a seed <laughs> of <laughs> change in people's lives. Cause like no single conversation is gonna do anything. Um, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like out, uh, from the Hamilton musical, legacy, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in the field you never get to see. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm doing. That's what everyone on earth is doing. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed Isaac as I um, was doing, doing a little research on you. And now we're not Facebook official. I, I, oh, send you well, a, we I know we'll, we'll yeah. change it. And then we'll, you and I will have a friendversary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I guess I guess I kind of went to your page thinking that you would respond differently. You know what I mean? Like I went, I almost like with the prejudice, like, oh, this guy, you know, he's going to, and, and um, I just was, I was blown away by the, the grace you gave when um, combating. And, and some of the theologians, you know, I, I recognize their names just from my upbringing. And, and one really stood out to me. And like you talked about the death threats, you kind of very gracefully said, you know, what, how you wish they would have done something different. And then you're like, Hey, by the way, you don't know this, but because of how, how you approached my story, we're receiving this. And I'm like, yeah. man, I thought this guy would have, you know, called fire and brimstone. down. <laughs> not, not that like, I don't know. I just, I think sometimes when there's people that are in that space and they're pushing the ball forward, they react differently. And I'm just blown away by your, how well you handle that uh, bad um, pressed or that, you know, that pushback on you, you're not pushing back. And I wonder, do you feel like if you push back the way they push on you, would, would any good be done? Yeah, I think that's, that, that is a very good question. And I think, no, I don't, I don't, for me, I don't think that anything good would happen. Um, and I think some of that comes from uh, the space of like the upstanding minority. Uh, where as a queer person, as a drag queen, as um, this person who exists on the margins in some spaces uh, has to be upstanding all the time because the moment you're not, that's what gets publicized, that's what gets pushed back, and that becomes the example of why all people in the margins should be admonished. Um, hmm. And so some of it, some of it, like... I wish I could be like, oh yes, I am Mother Teresa and I will always <laughs> act in goodness and just, oh yeah. But some of it, like, I I want to be like, hey, that was mean. <laughs> like, yeah. Saying I'm the son of Satan is harsh. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, calling me the Antichrist who's beckoning in the end of the world is not good. Um, but... I also 
want to live into my calling of creating spaces for all people. <laughs> and like, if I am to believe that I am created in the image of God, that you are, so is the not nice person <laughs> um, who's threatening uh, hellfire. Um, yeah. Like there is some divine in them that deserves to be honored and deserves to be um, grown. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my understanding and like why the motivation behind um, this like reaction. I've also, awesome. <laughs> uh, what's really funny is um, in uh, my psychological evaluation <laughs> that like allowed me into this candidacy process, it was like the super long thing. And the guy was like, my, uh, the evaluation person was like, you're like, there's no red flags, like nothing. Like, <laughs> like the only marker on here is that you underreact in moments of anger. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then like here I'm like, oh, bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you should be dead. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I so. think there's probably something to understanding um, that a lot of that, like a lot of that kind of criticism is very, is little more than just objectification. Right. Oh, they, yeah. they don't know Isaac. They're not yes! really responding to you. Yeah. They're responding to this idea that they're yeah. not comfortable with. I, this, this is probably a, a bad analogy, but um, my, my dad was a high school football official mm -hmm. like the whole time I was growing up. And I think one of the things that helped me develop kind of a thick skin in, in my own life was like Friday night at 11 o'clock, every Friday night at 11 o'clock, the phone would ring and some irate parent was cussing him out for, for a call he made or a call he didn't make. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he would just like say thank you and then hang up the phone and go right back to bed. And I, I, I don't remember how old I was, but you know, probably 10 or 11 years old when I, it kind of sunk in what was happening. And I was like, why? How can you just like say thank you and hang up the phone and, and not get all, you know, pissed off about it? He said, they're not mad at me. They're mad at the guy in the black and white shirt. They don't know who yeah. I am. Ooh. And that was so helpful Man. like to, to be able to, to remove that objectification from personal criticism, right? Wow. That's so good. And like the like people, the the like heavy hitters who are reporting on this report on my story as not of like my story, but as like I am the um not idol, but the like I am the representation of the queer community, the, the yes. queer agenda, quote unquote. And like, um, like many times I reach out, I'm like, hey, I am a human. I am a 23 year old college student who is just trying to figure out how to do life. They're like, it, it reduces a mm -hmm. lot of um, the like heightened state of tension. Yeah. 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 That's good. So, so drag is not the only thing you do. And so, speaking of like, let's not objectify Isaac. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. That's, that was a know. beautiful segue. Beautiful. Segue. <laughs> but that's not like, that's not the whole of your ministry either. Right. Just, no, yeah. you know, just as being a queer person is not the whole of your identity. Yes. Right. Um, you, you have other things going on in the world oh, that gosh, I think yeah. are probably having some 
some really positive impacts on people. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. So my church at the beginning of uh, 2020, 2020, yeah. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we shut down. My church is like, half of the church building is a bank, half of it is the church because this is the cheapest place to rent. Um, <laughs> like we have a banctuary. Um, and <laughs> when we were no longer using the space due to COVID-19 restrictions, um, and when the school year started, uh, for, uh, the like high school, middle school people, um, who were doing all online, we were like, why don't, why don't we turn our sanctuary into a remote learning space for all these kids to come and to exist in a safe space who can receive Wi-Fi meals every day and just love and support. Um, so we had uh, over the course of the school year, and this is what I was a part of too, this is why I was hired on uh, at the church, was to help foster this program. Uh, so we had 40 kids uh, and the majority of them uh, come from came from trauma-filled backgrounds. Um, and were not not succeeding in the school system sense um, at home, but by being in a space like this, uh, they the students were able to open up, um, and they were able to succeed. So, like an example of this, one of the students that we had uh, at the beginning of the school year would like just sleep under his desk, and we were like, oh, like. We're not going to poke the bear. You can just like, you need sleep, you need sleep. So go ahead and sleep. Um, and by the end of the school year, he was passing all of his classes, um, working ahead, doing extra credit, and was able to build relationships with the students around him. So uh, like that is the ministry that, that I am a part of. That is the ministry that my church is a part of. So like I do drag, but I also help kids be able to succeed um, in their own identities and self and everything. So, yeah. That's so, that's so that's fantastic. Really cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love those stories of the, just to be able to, and church sadly has not always been really good at that to recognize, for example, this kid just needs some rest, like yeah. give him some space to rest yeah. instead of, you, you know, food forcing. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it like, that is, that's just like one example of, like, like we are, we like to say that we're a scrappy church <laughs> and we're nimble in the sense that like, if we see something, we're just like, oh yeah, like let's, let's just do it. And then we build the car while we drive it. <laughs> um, so like we figure out how to do remote learning while we're doing it um, and all of that. So, yeah. That's terrific. I love it. That's amazing. I love it. Brandon, you have any other questions? No, I mean, I'm just amazed by your story, Isaac. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't want to get into this. My, my, I do have a question, but and this can be cut out. Um, oh gosh, where do you away. where do you find yourself with you know United Methodists and how the issues coming up and potential uh, split and all that stuff going on? I imagine obviously your church is more progressive and on the progressive side of of that. Um, do you find yourself and your calling a little on shaky ground? in the United Methodist Church with all this up in the air or where do you fit with all, the, all that going on? Yeah, no, I think that is 
an incredible question uh, because well, thank you like yeah oh good job don't Look break your own pack yourself on the back great. there Brandon. yeah <laughs> <laughs> round of applause um uh but when i was becoming united methodist um it was this it was like the lead up to gc 2019 um and I was like, oh my God, this is wonderful. It's all gonna be decided. All of this LGBT acceptance, it's just gonna, like, I'm gonna go into this and they're gonna know what they're doing. And then they did it. Yeah. Um, that did not happen. And then 2020, and I was like, oh, 2020, this is the year. It's all gonna be decided. It's all gonna be finished. I'm gonna be in smooth waters. And then it didn't. <laughs> and now they're saying 2022. Um, uh, but so like, I have this understanding that right now in this moment, it's, we're all on shaky ground. Um, but this, this conference that I'm a part of the Illinois Great Rivers Conference, which is historically a more conservative conference, a more highly conservative. So like my little hope church is like, an oddity for <laughs> like it's more it should be more like a west coast east coast type of church but here we are um but this conference this place is what fostered my growth it's what made me fall in love with methodism it's what me let me fall in love with god um and so i i find myself to be committed and to dig myself in, into this unshaky ground. Um, and I am staying as long as, until someone kicks me out. Um, <laughs> at the end of annual conference, which for non-Methodist folks, like we have these, it's basically just a big meeting, a big meeting. Right. Every year. Um, I walked up to my Bishop and I said, Hello, Bishop Beard. I'm Isaac Simmons, an openly queer candidate. Uh, how can you support me in this time? And he said, I think we should get coffee. That's a longer conversation. <laughs> I said, that's a wonderful idea. Oh, and then I went, um, August 2019, uh, went, we had, we had a 30 minute meeting window. Um, 30 minutes passed, an hour passed, hour and a half. We're having a conversation for an hour and a half about everything. And it was wonderful. Um, and one of the questions that he asked was, Isaac, in a church that you know, there are churches in this conference that will not welcome you into the pulpit, will not welcome you into the doors, why stay? Um, and he had followed that up with, and I know this is an unfair question as an African-American, because there are churches that would not welcome me um, as the bishop. <laughs> yeah. um, and I said, well, this is, this is my home. And queer folks have been ran out of enough homes in their lives. I yeah. will not be ran out of the house of God. Um, wow. And that's why I stay. <laughs> wow. I love it. That's I awesome. love it. <laughs> so well, I guess we're kind of coming to the end of our time here. Um, this has been this has been an amazing conversation. Um, I, I always I feel like I say this toward the end of every episode, but like <laughs> I wish we had three hours. Yes, um, yes, you know, and and maybe a bottle of bourbon to. to yes. sink in. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, if if people want to learn more about you, if they want to 
see um, Miss Penny Cost um, if they want to, you know, get to know your story a little bit more. Where where, where can folks um, where yeah. can folks find you? And, and oh my gosh, yeah. I am on Instagram, newly on Instagram. I am trying to be one of those hip kids uh, <laughs> at Miss Penny Cost. Um, you can find me there uh, on Facebook. Um, if you want to email me, um, uh, it's miss dot at gmail.com. Uh, I am preaching across the country in full drag. So I'm welcoming invitations to come <laughs> have conversations or preach or whatever, whatever. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Isaac, thanks so much for Thank being you, our guest here uh, on this episode. Um, looking forward to following your story um, as as you go through the ordination process and and hopefully beyond uh, that. So, um, thanks again for for being here with us on Accidental Tomatoes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was such um, an amazing conversation with Isaac. It was just you know really fascinating to hear. Uh, about how he's using drag with with the Miss Penny Cost character yeah. um, to to really you know make such a positive impact, um, especially for folks in in the LGBTQ community, you know people who have traditionally been marginalized by um, institutional religion, um, and how you know just somebody being brave enough uh, to kind of step out and, and do something like that is just amazing, and just you know um, all of the other cool stuff that he's doing the 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 work with students and it, it's just a, a yeah. good reminder that we're not um, monolithic, right? That yeah. um, people have all these different sides and facets to them that are interesting and amazing. So really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, me too. I was, I was really bummed that I didn't pick up on the Miss Pentecost and what he was yeah. doing a wordplay <laughs> of Pentecost. Cause I, that's, that's my world I grew up in, but um, brilliant. But yeah, if you're interested in the content we're creating and curating for the Axel Tomatoes community, you can find us online at accidentaltomatoes.com and across the social media world, we are at Accidental Tomatoes. And if you have ideas or suggestions for future topics or guests, um, please reach out to us. You can, um, you can contact us through our website. You can message us on social media, or you can send us an email at accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, and if you enjoy the sound of my wind chimes, they're awesome. I keep, yeah, I love blowing. Those. <laughs> yes, blowing good vibes through it. But if you enjoy all of that stuff, um, please be sure to give us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. That helps other people find us and connect with our community and participate in the conversations that we're having together. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing at Axel Tomatoes, you can donate through Patreon where your support helps us offset some of the expenses of producing content for our community. Just go to patreon.com slash tomatoes to learn more. So until next time, keep on growing outside the fences and join us again for another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.